Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. This podcast is an experiment in philosophical conversation, intended to inspire hope and inspiration in your creative pursuits. Follow along as I interview creatives from all backgrounds and walks of life. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up your next breakthrough idea. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, or craft, whatever that looks like. Now, let's dive into this concept we call creativity. All right, folks, are you ready for this one? I am ready for this one. This is an interview on the Art and Life podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. That's two L's. G-A-L-L-E-G-O-S. And today with me, we have Jason Ree. Jason Ree, R-H-E-E, is an entertainment expert. He's, uh, he puts on events. He, he is, there's a lot of events that have happened uh, every weekend in Southern California. And some of the best of them have been put on by this gentleman. He is an artist in in putting together a huge show, like what we call a wedding is like a giant show with a lot of moving parts and he does it as well as anybody. So I'm very excited for this one. We had a lot of fun talking about all sorts of different things. He is, uh, he's making large changes and uh, there's a lot of growth going on in his world right now. And I feel like he's just in the middle of it and so it's a cool little snapshot of where he's at, what he's thinking, and uh, where he's headed in the future. So um, definitely give him a follow on Instagram. Uh, check out his website. He always He's always doing fun stuff on Instagram. His stories are a blast. So if you like that platform, definitely jump on there and uh, check him out. So yeah, I think that's about it. I think we should just dive right in. You ready? Here we go. Jason Ree. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I am your host, Taylor Gallegos. And with me today is a very distinguished gentleman. He is pretty amazing in his space and he's moving into new spaces and we're, we're I'm excited to hear what's going on. So uh, with me today is Jason Ree. Jason, <laughs> being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited, and I just love that you're doing this. So I'm I appreciate you making the space for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. I'm loving doing it too. <laughs> so uh, why don't you start by telling us who you are, where you're from, how you got to where you're at, and what it is that you do with your life? Sure. Um, I'm Jason Ree, and my company is Refine Company. We um, for 15 years have been doing wedding and events, um, design, planning, full production. And um, I'm from Orange County, California. I moved up to West Hollywood about 12 years ago in the most, you know, scariest move, thinking that was far. It's about 40 minutes away. Um, and uh, I've, yeah, I've just been a big advocate of, our, of the wedding and event industry and been a hospitality person through and through. Um, was a former actor, and that was really why I moved to LA. And my fallback was wedding and event planning. And you know, obviously that was not as lucrative as, as running a solopreneurship. So uh, 
yeah, started to do weddings as a fallback and, and just fell in love with that kind of experience and being able to support, you know, couples and clients and work with them. And um, now just really excited after taking this like pause in 2020 and really being clear about what my purpose is. And I think that's, that's what I'm really stoked for, for 2021. Nice. Yeah. And I wanted to have you on the podcast because I got into the wedding industry maybe like five, six, seven years ago, something like that. I was working as an event tech for a photo booth company. Yes. Um, a mobile photo booth with Christina and Cisco. And, yes. um, and then I transitioned into live wedding art. And my listeners have heard me talk about this a little bit. But as when I was doing those events as a photo booth tech, there were certain events that were just like super high level and you did a couple of them. Um, and from then on, I was like, I got to get to know this gentleman. He's fucking awesome. Like, oh, that's, that's nice. Like I want to get involved because, cause you know, I, I was starting to see like the major players in the space that I could get connected with and, and you were definitely one of them. So um, yeah, glad to have you on the show. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very happy from, that Christine and Cisco got us connected. And obviously you were very pretty. So it was very hard not to come and engage with you. Cause I was like, who is that? And you were dressed so branded perfectly to the experience. So I think it was um, an amazing, but again, I was like kind of like sensitive. Cause I was like, do I, do I remember if those events were smooth? Like, I feel like some may have been a little harder than others, but I, I'm, I'm glad that that was the impression you got from me. Cause inside it probably didn't feel that way. No, no, it went great. And yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of how the wedding industry rolls is it's like, there's so much buildup to the event and everything is complete chaos, especially like the day of there's like the brides running around doing this. You got 15 different vendors who are setting up different things. And like you were the point person for all of these events as the event coordinator. And, um, I mean, the one that really stands out was like at the top of some high rise in LA with some professional baseball player. He had like, he and oh, his yeah. Wife, like Laura, Laura and, um, Lindsay and Randy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And a great event. That was a, I was going to remember that. <laughs> that was a, that was a beautiful South Park Center. Shout out to Adriana. Um, one of my favorite spots in downtown LA and they were an amazing couple and they planned like three weddings, I think back to back. They had one in Colorado and I think in Utah and then they had an LA um, experience and it was uh, a beautiful one, but, but that mach that's a, that's a machine venue. So I don't know. And again, like I, it makes me so happy that you have such fond experiences from that. Cause that truly is what matters to me is the, the team that we create. Right. So like, I think processing what it is that we love about events, yes, the design and like the experience and making things look so pretty is, is obviously the, the Instagrammable moment is a big important part, but Truly, it's like, I think that experience that I, that, that of curating that and being able to check in with the team. And, you know, I joke about calling that the Titanic, where we also know that at every event or every wedding, you're going to hit an iceberg at some point. So I'm constantly looking to put together the band. I want the people that are going to stay on the ship and play out the experience while other people are running around getting on lifeboats like you know pushing children out of the way so they can get in there and i want to find my band that when we like lock eyes we're like okay you good we good let's just keep playing and then at the end of you know that that nightmare then we all get on a lifeboat together after shoving a vendor meal in a corner somewhere 
yeah. yep. it's like uh, it's organized chaos and yeah it's so much like hurry up and wait hurry up and go like it's like full on at one point and then you've got 20 minutes to just kill and then and then the wedding happens and the event it's like three or four hours of just straight party and fun and like yeah facilitating the whole thing yeah i don't know what kind of um i don't know what happened to us in our youth that i feel like leads event people to do events i think events is such a uh an interesting and then again you meet so many people that are like i do events but i stay away from weddings and i, I still can't seem to get away from weddings even though i know it's a an emotionally draining and traumatic experience for the production and the people that are running it but to also know that at the end of it, we got to like create an experience for our family and, you know, a couple and, and we still check in with them. And eventually all the money that they paid me, I ended up paying back in gifts to their children as they keep having babies. I'm like, why am I, this is like the third child. I'm now giving another gift. Like, am I giving them money back? But I think that's the beauty of it is I think real event wedding people really just truly like people. Right. And that's really why we're doing what we do. Yeah, that's what it seems like for you, like you're a natural connector and mm. just a natural people person and you really care about people around you and their experience. I mean, that was my my experience working with you as a vendor as you kept on coming back and checking and being like, you good? You need anything? Everything all That's good? all just because you were handsome too. But no, I do check in with everybody, lazy eyes or not. I do check in with everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that means a lot. I appreciate you saying that because I think that's really what I think especially in the, in the pause that we've had now for this year, I think that's what I've acknowledged is the purpose for me has really been that, that space that we get to create. Like I, I've been saying, you know, we've been designing wedding and events for so long, but now I'm really excited because I think the true purpose for me is creating that space for people and creating that space for our team and creating that space for our clients. And that's a big part of our new rebrand. So I'm just really excited about that. All right, well, we're, we're going to get to that. First, why don't you go into this pause in general? Because I yeah. feel like the wedding industry has a special brand of, holy shit, what the hell just happened? Yeah. With COVID-19 this whole year. I mean, it, <sighs> like the entire industry has completely shut down. I mean, and again, my, my opinion may not be popular, but I... So what happened in March is we kind of got the rumblings early in February, late February, maybe early March. And um, we, as a company, decided to, and I say company, it's like two people. I'm a solopreneur for so long, but um, me and my team and also my clients had real honest conversations early on in March to say, hey, do we think, do we have any idea and inclination of what this is going to be? And so we decided to cancel early on. And it was interesting because our community, our industry itself kind of jumped behind this postpone versus cancel. Um, but I had this feeling that at the time we didn't know what to expect. And my job as a planner is I have to essentially babysit my clients. And, you know, I don't mean that in the sense that they're babies, but I mean that in the sense of they're walking into a path and, and kind of a, a process that, they don't know. And so really we're the gatekeepers and we have to guide them through that, that experience. And so to know that we had no idea what COVID was like, and at that point we had no idea how little our government and how little our city officials were going to actually give us guidance. Um, I, I just had this feeling. So we ended up canceling early on and we lost quite a bit of money, you know, canceling our contracts. And at the time, not having the correct terminology to, I think a lot of our industry suffered and struggled. And so 
um, you know, I don't want to call that scarcity, but I think a lot of people were scared to lose their business. And so everyone just kind of tried to hold on to what they could and then cut to, you know, months and months later, as things keep postponing, you end up losing more time and money and you can't, you know, I think the problem was that you can't charge a client or you can't, you feel like you can't charge a couple and say, Hey, we postponed this now over a year and I still need to get paid. You know, I still need that time. That time is still something that you need to pay for. And that's a really hard conversation to broach. So I think just having a little bit of a perspective of, of failing enough times to know that that's the struggle that happens with clients. I, I just decided to cancel and we lost money, but it was so worth it for me. And again, I know that there's privilege there and we'll get into that conversation, but, um, you know, to be able to just kind of take this, you know, eight months, I think, to just process and really figure out what it is that I want to do moving forward. Because we, as solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, creative business people, we don't get the opportunity to stop that long. And it took a global pandemic and a race conversation and a really shitty president to kind of figure out what mattered to me. And um, as somebody who's been very clear-minded or thought he was clear-minded in my path, man, was I wrong. I really did not realize that I was in that rat race like everyone else. We were in that like hamster wheel, just going and trying to chase something that we all now perceive as, oh, that's not really what it is that I wanted. I didn't want to just be in the machine. You know, I haven't seen The Matrix, but I hear that people compare it to The Matrix. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hamster wheel. Yeah. But I, go ahead. The community I would have to say is really what, I mean, I had, I, at one point I was on so many zooms early in the pandemic that I thought I was a news anchor and I like was, I thought I was like a CNN reporter because I would be on zooms really like three to four times a week talking to people in our community. And we were just processing grieving i think i went through a two-month animal crossing binge where i was just in bed on a projector playing animal crossing and uh you know i gained the covid 19 or 90 or whatever you want to call it um went through all the different hair colors and and also the facial hair i, I try to mirror myself to your your amazing facial hair it took me eight months to grow some fuzz it wasn't as good as yours um but you know i think there was a lot of benefit in taking that pause. So I, it's unfortunate that I know it's a blessing to not work in times. And I think that's where, you know, we paid for it. I, I definitely hemorrhaged through my savings, but it definitely was needed for me just as somebody who's been going for so long, um, the pause. Yeah. It's so interesting that what you're talking about really is like a bigger, like life transformation that has happened because of it. Yeah. And I think depending on how spiritual you are, like, I feel like mother nature made this, you know, and again, I know that there's a lot of trauma built in with it. There's, and I want to be respectful to anyone who lost anyone throughout this time. Um, I have friends that lost people throughout this time. I have friends that got COVID and now are okay. So I know that it's a tough time for everybody, but I, I can't, I think I, for me, I need a belief system to, to move forward with my life. And so for me, I feel like mother nature made it. We needed this, we needed to, I mean, the fact that we had clear skies during that time, there was like a period of time where like the air quality got better. And like, we were all like, what is that? Is that what a blue sky looks like? Like we were all kind of going through these like different shape shifts throughout this pandemic. And I think that really, you can't deny that that means something, you know? And that's like, for me, what keeps me going is I'm like, okay, great. We got that opportunity to 
to experience that now, now what do we do? Now what do we do with all this information we've learned? Now what do we do about the conversation of Black Lives Matter? What do we do with that information? How do we propel that forward? Um, and that's kind of, I think, the beauty of creative people is we're, uh, we're constantly not settled. We need to constantly do something. So we got to keep creating different things. Definitely. And that creativity, like, that, I mean, that feels like that's the growth mindset of creativity, where it's like you, you have these little breakthroughs and then you grow branches off of that. Yeah. Um, wow, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I always think it's like winning through the woes, right? Like I feel like you have to fail in order to win. And every time you fail, you can't regret that experience because you would have not gotten the information you would have gotten. So I'm very clear. I'm very honest and authentic about the fact that I have failed often and I continually fail and I have been fired. I have fired clients. And I think that's something too, where I'm hoping the new culture that we're going into is people that um, are in the creative space are, are more vulnerable and open to sharing our stories because I think that we also innately want to make ourselves seem way better than we are, which is fine. That's part of, I guess, the fake it till you make it business mentality, but we all are struggling. Like, let's be real. This has been a traumatic year in so many ways just for us to process what we're processing and also losing the relationships. I don't know if you've lost friends. I've lost, so, I'm from Orange County. Half of the majority of my friends were, you know, Republican, very Trump supporting voices. And so I've lost a lot of those relationships, but at the same time, I've gained so much more perspective and, and deeper relationships with people that are again are aligned with me. And I don't want to wish any negativity on anyone who does believe in different things, but I also have the option and the choice to, to, to further my life with people that are again aligned and, and believe in the same things I do believe in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting talking about the emotion of it all and then the vulnerability. And also it's, it's cool because I mean, we're talking about the wedding industry, like yeah. naturally emotional events and they're like a, a defining point in people's lives. And um, it's interesting putting all like juxtaposing the, you know, the, like the front of it all, which, which is the wedding. And then also the industry, which is all the people who put it together and, and then there's like the fake it till you make it uh, element of it. And then, but then like people are just very real in that industry, I feel like, because. Yeah, I think it's mixed. Yeah. yeah, I think it's mixed. I think that there's people that are probably a little bit more comfortable being real. And then I think now my perspective has changed from the beginning of the pandemic where a lot of my anger was visible. I was very angry towards my community because again, we acknowledged that the wedding industry was a little whitewashed. And they were predominantly focused on white brides. And that was truly one of my marketing tactics was to market a white couple. Because again, for me, I never wanted to be labeled as an Asian wedding planner. And that was a really big kind of mind fuck for me to realize that where, um, also I hope I can cuss, but, um, where are we? uh, yeah, okay, great. Uh, I, I think I realized my owner, my inner racism and how that played into the whole conversation too, because, you know, I, I've been joking on some of these interviews that March was when I realized I wasn't white. And so for me too, it, it's been a very, um, it's been like an unlocking of different struggles that I think I've kind of put into different boxes. And, and again, I think as a business person, 
you know, we want to market towards who we think has money and who we think will, you know, develop our brands. And for a long time, we viewed that as the all-American, you know, blonde hair, blue-eyed, that was our, our client base. And now with the amount of information we're gaining, and if you are listening to the conversations, there is a huge conversation of why saying the word black is so important in our creative space too, and why it's um, my responsibility. Because again, I, li- I coasted on that double minority thing. I used to say, I'm Asian, I'm gay, I'm fine. I'm a double minority. I can say whatever I want. But 2020 broke that too, where we all are, have to be accountable. And, um, you know, Asian privilege is a real thing. And I, you know, that is something that was also, you know, taught to me by an amazing uh, instructor named Jessica, who taught a uh, Asian privilege course this year. But just acknowledge like our our contribution to it and how we can support black people and black creatives and black wedding and event industry. We didn't know that there was a black wedding and event industry that they made because we never gave them the space. Wow. Totally. What what would be uh the Asian privilege? So the conversation, I mean, I think the real acknowledgement is that Asian privilege is truly because we as a culture have been predominantly known to be submissive and quiet, put our head down, do a good job, get good grades and make money. And that's kind of been our, you know, I think a lot of Asian Americans have been or Asian, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but um, have focused on the American dream, which is, you know, being successful here. And a lot of that I think had to do with us kind of being able to navigate through and kind of being accepted into a community. And so to acknowledge kind of the difference between what it's like to be an Asian American and what it's like to be black and the experience and how different it is in the sense that we are also termed coined model minorities, the Asians were coined model minorities. And to know that that's all part of this problem, I think Asian Americans have a responsibility to also acknowledge it. And support black people. And then when you kind of do in-depth research or even watch a documentary about the 92 riots, you realize that it was really two minority groups put pit against each other. And that's a lot of where that I think, um, you know, Asian and black kind of conversation shifted or, or changed, but to know how long the struggle of black people just trying to be equal has been. And again, just so many things. And again, I'm not some social advocate. I don't, I just started paying attention to politics. Like I started to Google like running for Senate after watching like a documentary about, you know, AOC and being all like, I'm going to run for Senate. And I was like, maybe I should Google what they do first. (laughs) Um, So like, I'm not like, you know, here to preach it to anybody, but just acknowledge like what, what I learned and how grateful I am. Then again, I got that time to learn it because I would not have been able to take these courses or to even have these conversations if I had about 15 brides to 15 brides and grooms to check in with and be like, it's okay. Like we will figure it out. We'll, we'll still be able to get that cake next year. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting how this year has, well, the last four years and this year especially have just like upped the, the average um, political, social, economic mm. IQ of the average American. Um, yeah. People are just thinking about it so much more. Um, I mean, I know that I listen to different news outlets so much more than I ever have before. I'm like paying attention to Senate races and all these, like I never gave a shit about a Senate race before. Yeah. Um, 
but now but it's... man it is it, it that that i think the c-span like that court is it is it a courtroom that whole where the senate hangs like what a phenomenal like experience to just be a fly on the wall in there like when you watch some of those hearings like I would love to have some of the skills that those that senders have in order to evade questions, but also like <laughs> ask questions and try to keep people accountable. And I think that's a big part too, where we're just learning, I think what accountability means. And I think we're beginning to demand it, you know, and, you know, I found myself kind of calling a few brands to the carpet and saying, you know, doing my part, I felt in the conversation of like requiring them to be accountable. And unfortunately, some wedding associations are no longer aligned with what I believe in. And so I had to do my part to kind of be honest to myself. And I think that's really where it, I want to kind of take that conversation is you have to really do what's authentic to yourself. So like, I'm not saying go and like, try to learn all these words, because again, I don't know all the right words to even say you know, what those positions are, how they work, but I do know that I need to be, I'm interested in it and I want to be able to have deeper conversations and understand like what it means to, to really, I guess, give back to our community and, and really what that means, but also what it means to be a human now. And I think 2021, the standards of being like a human being is, is, is being raised. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're talking about like, bringing values and ethics and your morals and your beliefs. Yeah. Well, I thought we were all doing that. I thought that's what we were supposed to be doing this entire time. And then I realized like, oh shit, all of us played into it, not realizing we just, we weren't paying attention. You know, that's so scary. Like I literally just paid attention to the ballot. I just, for the first time, and again, I have no, no embarrassment to share that. I would literally look up cliff notes the day before an election and just, fill it out when I needed to make sure that the president gets the right circle. But I never looked at the other stuff. I never looked at the other people we were voting for. And then to now have those kind of resources too, like we're talking about youth. Like I came from a time when we had to like, you know, we had, I saw the, 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 the in, invention of internet, you know? And I, I remember there was a time when we had to look up encyclopedias for words and like go through those like paper thin encyclopedias that we had, like the, the huge collection in our walls. And, and so now the, the amount of access we have to it, but also the amount of misinformation also changes the game a little bit. So we've seen a lot of that this year is, unfortunately, I've seen a lot of my colleagues sharing really bad memes. And again, I just think if the meme is pixelated, if the picture and the quote and the news excerpt is coming from like a weird website, or they haven't even invested enough to take a real photo. It's like stock photography, but it's like pixelated and like a low res. Like, I think that's where you make the decision to not share it because it probably is not um, factual. And that's like the most simplest way of, you know, approaching any of that stuff now, but. Oh yeah, it's a wild fucking world out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, I mean, obviously where you live, but also in just Orange County in general, I think it's been a very, I mean, to know that now that we're still having Trump rallies is very interesting. They're still oh, protesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's all, I, I feel like this time right now is just such an interesting, like a divisive social uh, landscape and climate. Like, uh so I live down in San Diego and I, I run with a pretty like, I don't know, I, I thought it was like liberal uh, sort of left um, new age hippie vibe. Is yeah. What call it, you know, like, yeah. 
like North County, San Diego, it's pretty mellow. Um, you know, meditation circles and yes, and, and things like that. Um, but there's been this like really interesting overlap. So there's like the middle of the road politically and socially, and then there's like the right, and then there's the left. But then there's this like side where the left is sort of like curling up and over, and then a lot of the things that the people on quote unquote the left, this far left, are saying are actually the same things that the people mm. are saying and the people that and it comes i think from this like disbelief in the system it's almost like the matrix like yeah. a belief in the movie the matrix will have you not believing the systems that are in place which will then have you like going along with the same rhetoric that is actually coming from the president and um and a lot of the right wing which is like yeah sort of a disbelief campaign well and i think that th like the third party is something that i'm still kind of trying to fully understand and i have some friends that that are again and to have friends in all different sides like i want to be very clear too like it's a it's not a it's not that it's okay to have friends that believe in trump and i'm not saying it's not okay what i definitely think is it's just making sure that you're having conversations with those relationships and if those relationships are valuable to you in the sense that you are nurturing each other regardless of what that political belief is you know but again a lot of the the issues are it's more of a human rights issue for me that you know make that a different a difficult conversation but i do have friends that are different i do have friends that voted on both sides and i think that as long as you can have a, some sort of, you know, human to human relationship where you guys are actually fulfilling each other in certain ways. I think that it's not unhealthy. I just think that again, if, and this is a very unpopular opinion, but if we really want true diversity, right? Like we really want diversity that does include people that don't believe in the things that we believe in. And that does include some really shitty people but that's what, isn't that what equality and diversity technically means is that everybody gets to be equal. And, you know, that, when I think about that too, kind of gives me a little bit more patience and grace. And it's something that I definitely did not have in the beginning. And I definitely ha mishandled some of those relationships early on. But, you know, I'm hoping that again, being authentic to those, um, to myself is going to be what kind of keeps me successful, I guess, in life is, you know, I'm not perfect. And I don't think anybody's perfect. And I think anyone that begins to say they're perfect, that's problematic. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that right there is an interesting, like, caveat to the whole diversity thing is that if you have diversity, then you have people from all walks of life and all beliefs and all creeds and everything. Um, but, and with that, you're going to have people who, um, I guess, like, su support Trump. And, and people support Trump for different reasons. Yeah, um, you know, their individual value that they connect with is there are different reasons, but there are part of those part of his campaign is one that discriminates against different groups and mm -hmm. has a lot of negative elements in terms of the impact on different social groups and different people. And so, like, it's funny that, like, the sort of uh, I don't know, backwardsness of like being open to having diversity of all these different things. But then when you have that open, then you have these like groups that aren't okay with the diversity. And yeah. Supremacists like saying that they are better than others and deserve this and others deserve less. Like, is that 
part of the diversity? I, that's a that's a that's a topic that I think I'm gonna stay away from because I, I don't know the answer, but I do feel like, you know, in, in a safe space, um, I do feel like we have to be aware that again, the word diversity doesn't have like little side notes. It doesn't have just like the, you know, and again, I'm not, a, I, I was born Christian, but I'm not, I'm not religious per se. I don't go to church every Sunday, but like we can't make up what a word meant. And that's like the tough part about anything scripture, about anything you read. It's like, there's so many different layers. And so I don't know. I, I don't know what true diversity means. I just know that this is also the first year where I understood the difference between inclus inclusivity and um, in wait inclusion. Oh shit! I can't even. Can we cut that part out? <laughs> um, but you know, I'm I'm trying to learn as many of these words. And then again, you know, I was not the most academically focused person, and so I'm always like looking at my peers and being like, "Is this what they taught us in school?" Because I should have paid attention. And they're like, "No, we did not learn this shit in school." Oh, it wasn't a, it wasn't an important thing at that point. Yeah. I mean, I only know about Crucible. I feel like that's like the one thing I took away from is that movie with Winona Ryder and like we read the book in class and watched that amazing movie. And that was the last thing I really remember about anything <laughs> academic. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, hopefully that's valuable in your life. Um, I know. I'm assuming that story is also extremely problematic. So I'm going to probably end up doing research of it after we get off this interview and it'll be a bunch of stuff about like how problematic that story is. So I don't condone the crucible in any way. <laughs> it's good. Good. You want to throw that disclaimer out? For yeah. Me. Disclaimer. I am not behind the crucible. <laughs> um, okay. So you've had, you've had this huge life, um, I don't know, sort of reckoning and then now you're switching gears and moving into a new space. And what you said earlier stood out to me about how, uh, like the essence of what you did as a wedding uh, coordinator was like just facilitating the experience, like holding space for people. And it seems like you've like found like your core values really through all of this. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought I knew my core values, but I think again, when I think about what it is that I love so much about events and producing weddings is, is being a part of that experience just on the emotional element of it and also getting to work with other creatives and working with other people and kind of working together to, to essentially make someone else's day. And I think that's really been a big uh, thought of mine. And so we're really excited to kind of launch a creative agency, which is, um, regroup and it's really um, where cr creative leaders come together to um, recreate the new standards of what it is to do anything in business. And I think that's where we want to be disruptive. We want to, you know, lean on these like really hot words that are important right now, but also understanding that, um, you know, I can't do everything and I want a diverse team and I want people with different voices and different experience and that's always been a passion of mine. So be able to kind of have a collective that um, focuses on letting brands and people be seen and launching podcast services for our community so that other people can be heard and we can amplify voices in different communities. Those are all really hot topics, but they're truly things that matter to me. And again, I, I never really thought I had an issue on being diverse or being aware of it, but I think processing my own um, acknowledgement that I, 
finally got a seat at the table, right? I finally got a seat at the table. And then realizing, oh, this entire time I didn't have a seat or I didn't have a charger or I didn't have a meal. I was invited to the event. I was able to rub shoulders with the table, but I wasn't truly at the table and really understanding that perspective as a, you know, as a minority, as any solopreneur, as any different, you know, non-expert, non-legend, whatever it is that you, you want to say you are or aren't, um, I think it just makes me, I really want to make sure that we can create space for everybody. And if that means I have to build an event to make that table so that everyone can have a seat at the table, that's like my new purpose and passion. So I'm really excited about that. And that's something that um, I will karate chop anyone that stands in my way of true diversity and inclusion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great. It sounds like, I mean, just like looking at you, it feels like you um, have, like found yourself. I know it's silly, but I'm also like my hair is so crazy right now that oh, like that's awesome. I like went through like a radicalist look where I was like wearing a headband every day and like I look like I was just coming back from a protest or something. But um I do I do feel like I finally got to like take the time to really hear I guess what my soul needed and um you know, and again, I think it's going to evolve. I think next year it'll be different. It'll be a different experience too. And I'm really excited for it, but I think I'm finally being able to hear myself. And I don't know if that's what everybody else feels right now is that we can finally feel and hear the things that we weren't able to, because we were so busy. We're so busy. Yep. Yep. And um, earlier before we started recording you, we were talking about this a little bit and you mentioned how pre COVID the world was there was just so much like capitalistic sort of yeah. materialistic drive in people and, and it, and how this is just really, like really put everything in perspective and yeah. like what matters and what doesn't. Well, and I think that's where we saw, I mean, we saw people lose their businesses overnight. We saw people lose their hard earned, you know, soul selling. Like we saw as much of that as, I think throughout this pandemic, and we also saw some really tone deaf protests, which I have to just say, the wedding industry, we are so great, but man, we did some, some of these wedding associations, and I don't want to call people out, but it's like, some of these protests were extremely tone deaf, and we really need to be a little bit more conscious of the fact that like, you can't theme a protest, a funeral, you just can't, not during COVID, it just, it doesn't look good. There are actually people dying in the streets. Black people are dying every day. We as a wedding industry cannot have a protest where we are dressing up in funeral outfits to grieve the loss of our industry. Because at the end of the day, that is so capitalistic. We just look, it's just distasteful. So I think, you know, that, yeah, that I think that there's just a lot that we have to be aware of. And I don't know if, if this still and this pause was able to kind of gift us that or if it's just because of the age that I'm in now I don't know I think it's a combination of everything but we just we saw what it means to have money and to lose it overnight and so why are we doing it like and I think maybe that's another part too where we all kind of you know we start based on a passion right in in any solopreneurship or creative business or I think any business and you and you 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 grind and you hustle and you do stuff for free and you do all this shit to like grow that business. And then finally you get to a point where you're being able to charge something that you thought you wouldn't be able to charge. You're getting there. And then you, I think, begin to just lose the purpose of why you're doing it. And I think that for me too, I kind of forgot for a little while why we are doing a wedding. Like we're here to help people celebrate their love story. And I think 
a lot of times too, what I'm now hoping to lead in with this, like talking to my couples about what it is that you actually, like, what's the purpose of it? Like if it's just to throw a big party and make your friends like see how wealthy you are, that is fine. That's just not my client anymore. My client does care about the purpose of why they're doing it. And I think I've gotten very lucky with a lot of couples I got to work with in the past that always knew that to give the experience to their friends. But, you know, I think we all just collectively forgot a little bit. We were just got so busy having to fucking post a story and also an Instagram and then go to TikTok and then go to Tumblr and then go, you know, like there was so much day-to-day shit that like as artists too, we are inundated and then don't even get me started on the admin. Like, don't look at my inbox. Like, you know, stuff like that where we're, we were just drowning with work. So I think the capitalistic mentality did a lot of disservice, but also, I mean, it's, I think part of our drive. So I don't want to lose all of it. I don't think all of the capitalistic mindset is wrong, but I fully don't even know if that word is the right um, definition of what I think all of us should be achieving for. I think we need to kind of want to make wealth, but also grow like our, our hearts and our community at the same time. And I don't know if that's a viable option. I don't know if that's sustainable. So check in with me in two years. And if I'm on the streets, that means it was not sustainable and that you have to have soul, sell your soul at some point. But I've, I've, I've almost sold my soul a few times with different opportunities. And I think every time I've chose, chose to kind of rip the, you know, the rip cord and, and not, and not do it. And I, and I hope that that leads to something better and greater, but you know, and again, I feel like your community has been doing that for a long time. I feel like your network of friends, you know, anyone that I feel like knows nature or at least steps out and, and does ocean stuff or, or like surfing or art or paints. I just feel like that's something that maybe, I don't know if you felt that, if you felt like you kind of forgot your purpose too in this whole um, cog that we were in. Um, but I definitely felt it in my industry, like in the wedding planning side, I felt like we were so focused on our clients that we kind of lost why we're even doing it. Yeah, I feel like things were definitely built up. And well, and it's funny being I was in the wedding industry. And then um, my fiance, Haley, and I, we've been planning a wedding and putting it off and planning it and putting it off for a while now. And um, we have a date that's June 26th of next year, but who knows what's even going to happen. And, yeah. uh, and it's really put it all into context. It's really interesting being like, okay, if we can't do all these things, then like, do we want to push it back? Do we want to do something small? Why are we doing this in general? <laughs> yeah. Like it is, it is. And it's like, well, if you're going to have a party, then you want to have a cake and you want to have this, you want to have that dinner. You want to do like, yeah, then we're going to have to have this many people and then it's going to be this. And then the cost is this. And it's like, and now it's really like pulling it all into que- in, in the question of like, why? And, yeah. The audit. I think you're doing like an internal audit of it. And I think that's what we all lost um, the opportunity to do with anything is we just didn't have the time to audit those things. But I do have to commend you to also like, you know, for you and your fiance to really, if that is what's important to you, if it is about the party, because again, there are so many benefits of having a party. And that's where, again, like I, I, I don't envision me stopping wedding planning. I, it's still something that I love so much. And I definitely am not going to be doing like virtual experiences where I'm like, you know, creating the Sims for people to play in during a wedding day. I definitely still want to get back to more tangible, creative and fun experience. But, you know, if that's what people care about, that's fine too. I think 
you just begin to understand that like there are people that want to spend, you know, six figures and do some lavish party because that's what they innately find joy in. And then you find other people that are like, you know what, we actually don't need to do this and we can buy an amazing house. We can put about, you know, we can do all these other things with it. And that's where I think, I hope everybody gets to do because that also makes our industry better because now we get to work with couples that really want to do it versus feel like they have to do something that they don't want to do. And that in itself is already setting us up for failure because we all are kind of in a not positive place. So like, let's just try to lean into this like joy, you know, and who knew Marie Kondo from Netflix, like who knew when that show came out that we all should have been paying a little bit more attention about how to apply that to our lives. Cause I feel like we really kind of started to really understand that philosophy during this pandemic. Yeah. And to think like, if you would have told anybody in the country, especially in the wedding industry in like January, that within <sighs> three months, yeah, entire system would be shut down. That This is one thing that's absolutely mind blowing to me is how many wedding venues are up the like West coast or how many wedding venues mm. are nationwide that had weddings happening Friday and Saturday nights that, and how much money was being yeah. changed at all those events? How many vendors, how many brides and grooms, all these things every weekend. Yeah. Like, to think that that would all just shut down completely. Is- well, and that thing is I want to, sub- and again, I still support, anyone fighting the system or anyone stepping up to do something. So I don't want to, again, just shade these associations that try to do something because I do commend them for trying to put together a protest. But I just think that those in those moments when you are trying to put, put something together, have conversations with the community to figure out what actually is best. And I think that's another part of this inclusion conversation where it's like, you have to be inclusive, but you have to also make sure to ask those different parts of the community what it is that represents it and also kind of be able to make you do a better attempt of, of, of creating something that's supposed to help our community. Like what's the point of putting together a protest when you don't even talk to everyone in the community to do it? And I think that's where these different voices and you know podcasts like there's a new app that's called Clubhouse. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's literally a new app that a tech person started in, I think, May of this pandemic. And it's literally just a voice chat app. And people from all over the world, and it's invite only right now, are sitting in these amazing chat rooms talking about deep, purposeful things. And then you have like the other chat rooms that are a little bit more silly and shading like Nicki Minaj or whatever it is. But it's an amazing app that's growing right now. And and I think that's really what everyone's yearning for is um, conversation, community, like finding things that are soulful and things that actually like move us. And maybe there's a lot of privilege to all those things. Cause again, we have the luxury to be able to say we get to do creative stuff. That is a benefit. That is, I'm blessed every day that I get to create things like that and be able to say that I, I am in the wedding industry. I feel like that's a privilege in itself, but I just think that all of us, even, and again, I'm not a CEO of like a, a finance company. I'm not like, a, this is not any advice on how to like increase your sales or boost your, like, you know, boost your income this year. It could just truly be about like how to be happier with yourself. And I think that's maybe what, um, you know, maybe we don't focus too much on that. And so I think that's where this pandemic is like a lifesaver for a lot of people. But I also know it's, it's traumatic because I know a lot of people lost their business and I'm hoping that when business does come back, which it will, people will still want to spend that kind of money again. 
I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Right. Right. Yeah. Did you ever think you were, would you have ever thought that when you were painting weddings that you would one day not be able to, you would have to paint weddings with people with masks on it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was not even a thought. Yeah. It was just losing. Life was good. You're gonna have to like update your gallery just and just add some masks on people's faces. Right. Oh, it's gonna look great. They're gonna keep yeah. <laughs> um, well, you want to switch to the uh, question section? Yeah, let's do it. All right, sweet. So the first question is: Let's say that you have the opportunity to give one piece of advice to a ten-year-old Jason. You're standing in a room with a little you and you get to say one piece of advice. What would, what would you say? Put the spiffy Cheetos down. Put the <laughs> flaming, just kidding. <laughs> no, flaming hot Cheetos. Put the flaming hot Cheetos down. Put the French fries down. Put the Diet Coke down. Um, you know, I, I, I always think about what it would be like to be able to go back to like middle school and go back with my brain now, but in the body of, of a 10 year old or however old you are in middle school. But I think it's just to be okay with everything. Cause you, I think that's the one thing that I regret is I lost so much time worrying and making up stories in my mind about things that happened or being bullied when I wasn't bullied or being insecure to be insecure. Like, so I think that, that would really be the one thing I, I would tell myself is just to know that everything happens for a reason and like the experiences that you have. Cause again, I don't want to, I don't want to take any of those experiences away. Cause I also think that's why I became who I am today. And there's some flaws there, but there's also a lot of, you know, winning, winning characteristics. So I would, I want to say that I think being like authentic to who you are and just know that like this life isn't, different than anyone else's in the sense that your experience is different but the path is still I think the same for all of us and I think we just don't get to get all the answers right away and maybe that's you know the beauty of it but being being um, okay with where you're at and who you are and I think that is a, a timeless answer where I think at 16 and at 20 you know when my voice still has not changed um, to be okay with it <laughs> <laughs> that one day my voice would be somewhat a little bit more masculine than it was the year before. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, what, I, what I'm hearing is uh, kind of like, don't overthink it. Yeah. I mean, and it could be really bad advice because, you know, kids are doing really stupid things too, but um I don't know. I, I I guess I just can't. I mean, again, I've been through really traumatic things, but all of it has given me so much wealth of knowledge and, and wealth of experience to be able to even have conversations. So I think, yeah, that's probably the the most, yeah, that's probably the best one. And really maybe like eating a little healthier because man, I do love junk food. <laughs> 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 I know it's so good. Why do they make it so good if it's so bad for you? That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question is who would you name as one of your major influences? Is it somebody that we know? Anyone that you've ever, anyone you want to say? 
Ah, uh, that's a that's a tough question. Um, you know, I think I think as as like cheesy as it sounds, I think my parents. I think now, in the perspective I have now, and I don't want to start crying on here, but um, I think my parents, because I think, I think that they really are like I am, literally both of them. You know, I am a little bit of both of them, and I see so many of my of my qualities, the the good ones and the bad ones, come from them. So I think both my parents and I and I and I part of me wishes that I asked questions earlier on and and got to be a little bit more present with them too and given the grace that that my friends that I give my friends you know that was something that I just learned recently is like why we react the way we react to our parents and yet we're so nice to strangers and I was like oh shit like how do they know that and so um I would say my parents and then anyone that I don't know I would say Oprah just because you know I mean, it's fucking Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. She she runs shit. I mean, she just just to be touched by Oprah. I mean, you're 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 a success, but just just kind of just know you know. And again, I don't know her personally, but I just know as 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 many times I've heard her speak that you know she just took a really hard and traumatic life, and also to understand the black experience, to understand the black woman experience. And to see what she did and created and what she's been able to give to other people. And I think that's, I think what my capitalistic urge is, is like to be a billionaire isn't, you know, there's a lot of people that like argue about being a billionaire and um, how bad it, how bad it is to be a billionaire. But I, I, I'm still not going to let go of the fact that I want to be maybe the first billionaire that isn't bad. But, um, you know, I think for me, it's about gifting opportunities to others, you know, getting to a point where we can be so wealthy with opportunities that we can share that with other people. I think that is success. And so it would be Oprah after my parents. Great answer. Nice. Oh, thank you. Whew. I redeemed that off the flame and hot Cheetos. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I feel the same way. I want to, I want to have, I want to experience, experience a ton of success so that I can just yeah. it right back to everybody in my life as much as possible. Yeah. And I think that's maybe, and this is going to like, you know, maybe mind fuck you a little bit, but what I'm learning too now is that we can do that already. Yeah. Like, you know, which is so whack, but like being able to know that you don't really need a lot to be able to give to other people. And I think that's where, you know, for so long, I under I didn't understand why my business wasn't profitable. And it was because I wasn't profiting money. I was profiting like experience and soul stuff and you know so i don't have regrets anymore of like not charging enough when i started because even that mentality is like no you don't charge enough because that's part of the experience of it you need to learn when to say oh i am worth more i am worth more and that's maybe the whole point of why we do what we do but that's like um you know yeah that's like my long-winded ramble answer no, I think that that's, that's like the bigger zoomed out perspective of why, of just how the world works and how life works and yeah. the evolution of you and yourself as a human being, especially like in, a, in an entrepreneurial sense, because there are all these layers that you have to go through and being an entrepreneur. And I guess I don't know the other side. I don't know how it is to have like a normal, more standard job, but, um, as a, a solopreneur, um, 
so much of it is about like growing into the human that you are going to become like when yeah. you, have, you have to like establish your value and because no one's going to give it to you you have to uh draw a line in the sand and say, yeah this is what i'm worth and that that right there is so catalyzing for your yourself as a human just totally i think that's like the empowerment right like that's what makes you gain your voice and and so you know i just uh, and i think what again we acknowledge is that not everybody gets that opportunity so we need to you know try to do as much as we can but also i understand that i'm not perfect and you know i'm i'm selfish too you know that's why i can't work for a company and just check in and check out because i have things that i want to do and and they never really align with the corporate you know mentality but i don't know i'm still i'm 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 convinced that somebody somewhere has the right idea i don't know who it is i don't i haven't met them fully yet but you know i try to be a good person and not amazon as much as i can but i'm also just seeing an amazon box in the corner of my eye (laughs) and you know it's so bad but it's so hard not to amazon so i'm just trying to be a better person you know good at what they do i know it's uh it's an interesting course of the world, the way that things are going. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can steer it in the best direction possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just don't get on a lifeboat. You know what I mean? Like wait till, wait till you see the people that need to get on a lifeboat to get on a lifeboat. That's my big thing is I just know so many people that are willing to get on a lifeboat before they make sure that they're, you know, their friends are okay. Mm, yep. I like that. Um, yeah. Don't be, what's his name? What was that actor's name? The one that like grabbed a child, a stranger's child and was like, I'm here with my child. And he like sat into the lifeboat. So shady. Yeah, the main bad guy in the movie. Yeah, so shady. Don't be him. Don't be a douche. Yeah. (laughs) Can I say that on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) You tell me. (laughs) Is Flamin' Hot Hot Cheetos a sponsor? Is Is that a sponsor? Oh yeah, we're definitely... Uh, sponsor today by Flamer Hot Cheetos. <laughs> yes. Very good. Um, all right, next question is, uh, assuming everything goes in exactly the direction that you want it to, uh, what does five years in your life look like? Five years from now, look like with your life? Five years, I'll be, I'll be 19. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that I didn't forget, that I didn't forget this time that I didn't forget the perspective and the things I learned this year. I hope in five years, I still am pulling from it and winning from it. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe I I know that I don't want children, so I don't see children there, but I do see, I do see growth in my business and I see growth in my community and, you know, truly hoping that we can finally get to a point. I don't know if it's going to happen in, in five years, but I can sure as hell wish that we can, be closer to what you know happiness looks like for the world mm-hmm. and maybe thinner maybe i'd be thinner <laughs> maybe my skin's a little tighter you know who knows <laughs> tell you man you look you look great don't even sweat <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right now we're on to the last question here and that is okay. what is the definition of art ah <sighs> Okay. I think, I think definition of art is what you find 
as art. So I think my definition is going to be different than a lot of other people's. And I think that's okay. And I think that's art. I think you can't tell me what my art is. You can't say what my art isn't. And I think that's the beauty of art is there is no wrong, wrong answer to art. So that's my answer. <laughs> nice. Is that right? Is that wrong? <laughs> that is uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> from an artist yes yeah totally <laughs> yeah no i i mean i have a lot of artists in my in my life and i i consider myself an artist and i think that term too art is is not just paint is not just drawings it's not just you know there's so many interpretations of art yeah absolutely it's uh, the that's the one really cool thing about the definition of that word is that it's so fluid and it it changes shape and you know, kind of fits on so many different things. And, um, you know, it seems like it, it comes from uh, your mindset and like, and yeah, attention. so much of it is like coming from your, your own inner perspective on things. And, um, and there's art from the creator's perspective. And then there's art from the, the viewer's perspective too. Mm. You know, so that's cool. Like two-way mirror thing yeah that i've i've actually that's what you just blew my mind with that that's so i've only i only rarely think about the perspective of creating art but that's so true it's different for both sides oh yeah and like i mean the wedding industry you know like an event that you put together there's the art of how you're creating it you're you're intending it you're bringing in the bride and groom's values and ideas and then you're putting that together and then and then there's all the people who go to the wedding and they experience yeah. from that perspective and and uh and like with painting there's a lot of moments where um i as the painter need to be aware of what it's going to be like for the viewer and you don't need to like it needs to be perfect to a certain point but if you you don't need to go overboard either because the, the viewer is going to have a certain interaction with it and um you know i'm sure that in the wedding in putting an event together there's places where you can go to the like 10th degree of perfection but the people that are at the wedding they're all in kind of like this like whirlwind experience of it so yeah like, Taking it to the 10th degree will be great, but like really you only need to take it to the yeah, and, and that's going to be yeah. over the top of what they can even like handle. Do you think that's the difference between like those who make it and who don't? Like, is there a difference between that of just people that, because I, I always struggle with that too, where I'm like focusing on something that no one else is going to care about. Like nobody else is even getting notice it, but for me, and the fact that I I notice it, I know that someone someone out there is going to also notice it too, even if it's just one person. So like, I, I think I struggle with that a little bit. Where I hear often all the time, like no one even notices, like no, it's so be no one cares. I'm like, no, I see it, I see it. <laughs> the, the the fork is cricket. The fork <laughs> is cricket at table three hundred and twenty two. Seat position five, the fork is crooked. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, the distinction between those who make it and those who don't. I would say that there's like a sweet spot. There's a zone. Yeah. Like, if it's, if it's all shabby up into, you know, like if you're wor working at like a perfection level of like four 
and you just don't care, then it, there's going to be the sloppy feeling and that's going to, yeah. you know, kind of go throughout the experience when, from the viewer's perspective, if you're at a 10 then like, uh, how much extra stress does that bring into your situation yeah. as the artist? Like, are you, cause there are definitely a lot of artists who are just complete like OCD, like over the yeah. top pulling their hair out and, and yeah, like no one, no one will notice that. Level. Maybe the real winner is the person that is just okay with it. I, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> the, like the, the pursuit of perfection is uh, like the important part. The perfection yeah. is not the important part because yeah. it's totally possible anyway. It's like, it's like that whole concept of it's not about the, it's not about the destination. It's about, the path that you took to get there is that did i did i totally butcher that yeah i know i think you got it (laughs) (laughs) see i'm already i'm already not listening to the words that we were saying where i have to not i have to be okay with the way i said it (laughs) yeah yeah and that's the art that's that's the question of you so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um well i think that we uh knocked this one out of the park this is good. good I know I kind of blacked out a little bit. I thought we were on a date at one point. I was like, man, I'm crushing this date. <laughs> Don't tell your fiance. I, I, you know, she'll be, she'll be, and uh... <laughs> she'll be, she'll be happy because she, she got it. She, she clipped, she got you hooked. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She'll be okay. She'd be like, go out, have fun. That's great. <laughs> um, well, uh, this is the part of the podcast where I acknowledge my guest and Jason, you've been awesome to work with. You've always really, um, you know, through like the different, like I was with you in one organization, you've always just been so kind and welcoming and um, just a really genuinely nice human to work with. And, uh, and I know that that's how you are with like your whole life experience of interactions and like um, the world is a better place with you in it so thanks man um yeah cheers to you and i'm looking forward to seeing like what you do with this new path that you're on and where you're yeah um so why don't you tell me a part of that you'll be a part of that so i'm excited good good um why don't you tell everyone uh where they can find you and follow you and, and chat with you yeah um you can find me probably most active on instagram and that's jason roars like a lion because i'm a leo and i'm i believe in astrology um so it's jason roars um on instagram and uh my website is refine.com that's with my last name r-h-e-e um and we are launching the reality podcast and youtube channel um in january so look out for that um but yeah i you'll you'll see me around i'm I'll, I'll be whoring myself out there. Don't worry. <laughs> Perfect. As we all should. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what color my hair will be at the time, but right now it's currently blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, do you have one more bit of wisdom that you can share with people? Um, I don't know. Just be okay with the woes. Be okay with failing. It's, it's all part of the journey and don't ever stop yourself from doing something because you're afraid you're not going to do it well. Cause then we would never get anywhere. So do it poorly. It's fine. You know, you're going to do it better every time. So that's about it.
that's awesome i like that a lot because yeah it's true that's how it works you'll, you'll do it better every time and then eventually. Yeah. and nobody has to know just don't post it <laughs> <laughs> and even if you do post it people yeah lean into it, it. yeah i post it all the time i say oh shit i should have said that right i literally will stutter and i'll keep it in my story because i'm like who cares <laughs> yeah exactly yeah all right cool well uh thanks for being on the show thanks for having me man yeah cheers that my friends was jason ree jason ree is an artist of facilitating the experience of creating a space for people to celebrate their love experience the world have a good time have a fun event and uh he's getting into some really cool stuff here in the future we've talked a little bit off uh off the recording and um yeah i'm excited to hear or to see what transpires because he's got big ideas there's been a lot of life shifting that's happened um yeah, it's funny how there's such a connection between uh, challenge and growth. And the bigger the challenge that you face, oftentimes, well, there's the opportunity for the most amount of growth. Um, I guess it's an opportunity because we can take our opportunities in whatever direction we want. And uh, yeah. From what I'm seeing, Jason's doing really cool stuff and he's taking these opportunities to make big changes in his life for really cool reasons. And uh, and I feel like the world is definitely better off because of it. Uh, yeah, we're getting down to the end of the season here. Pretty excited. This was episode 49. And that was, that was in one year. I'm very excited about that. And uh, had so many cool guests on, so many awesome talks and so much wisdom i feel like i've learned a lot from a lot of people and i'm really looking forward to season two i'm going to be taking a break for a couple months not yet you're going to get a couple more episodes out of this season but uh take a take a couple break take a couple month break to take an in breath so that the out breath of 2021 is as solid as it can be um, so I definitely appreciate you listening. I, you know, always encourage you to subscribe and share this out to anybody who you think might be interested in it, might get inspiration. I have personally gotten so much inspiration from podcasts and that is a big reason why I'm doing this podcast because I want to pass that on and inspire the next generation of artists, creatives, thinkers, dreamers, beers, doers, all of it. Um, there's so much that's possible in this world. And the more good we bring into it, the better off we're going to be. So I think that's all that I've got for you. And I hope that you're having a great day. And I hope you're doing creative things with your life, with your day, with your hour, with your minute. Take a nice deep breath right now. Feels good to relax. Cheers. <laughs>